All right, welcome back. Friday, November the 12th, episode 34. Uh, I want to start with something interesting today. Uh, we all know the shortages are happening, and I'm sure everyone's getting sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of talking about it. There's a bit of an unorthodox shortage uh, we're preparing for in the holiday season, mall Santas. And apparently, according to what I was reading, they pull in several hundred bucks an hour in big cities. I don't really know what a big city means, maybe like Chicago, New York. But uh, if you're if you're working retail and you're hurting and you think you can pull off a red suit, I'd highly recommend applying to be a mall Santa because you're going to apparently be raking in the cash. I, I didn't know this. I'm pretty excited because, you know, it's fluffy boy season, so I think I could do the red suit, and I think I, I think I could go for a couple hundred bucks an hour, maybe on like a like a Saturday around lunchtime, and walk away and be done for the week. It sounds pretty good to me. Ooh, it does sound like a good gig. I don't know, but those guys creep me out, man. I don't know if it's such a bad thing we're moving away from that. I was the kid when I was young that would cry and throw a fit. Funny story, actually. One time my mother brought me to the mall to sit on Santa Claus's lap, and I hid in the bathroom of the mall because I refused to sit on that old man's lap. And I don't know if, like, I definitely wasn't woke. I believed in Santa. It wasn't woke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was a naive little child, but I just, some about, I don't know, I just didn't like it. I didn't like Chuck E. Cheese either. Anytime he came out, I cried, had to leave the uh, entire facility. I think so. you just had really good instincts because, like, when you grow up and you look back and you're like, okay, so it was just a bunch of weird adults that were hanging out in suits, probably pretty greasy old dudes, and it's just not what you want, but right? tradition, tradition, I guess. It's <laughs> My very... mom thought there was something wrong with me, but there's something <laughs> wrong with people because, <laughs> one, there's nothing normal about a giant rat that walks around a bunch of five-year-olds. That's not normal. Yeah. I'm the normal one. Yeah. <laughs> and, two, there's nothing normal about a bunch of 60-year-old large men with big white beards putting a bunch of five-year-olds on their crotch that's also not normal so. I, I love have you ever seen like the like the retro pictures of the Chuck E. Cheese band and all those things like oh, the animatronics the best. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about they're so creepy and you have to think like the, the 80s and 90s I, I guess it was 70s 80s 90s like when they did this did people not see how weird that was like I'm just looking back it's so creepy Oh, yeah, those pictures are pure nightmare fuel. If, if anyone out there ever has the time, there's a great video series on YouTube. I can't think of the name of it, but they go through the history of Chuck E. Cheese, and they go through the old anim animatronics. But if you don't have 20 minutes to spare to learn the history, just Google, like, 1970s Chuck E. Cheese animatronics, and uh, you'll, you won't sleep probably for a couple days. I'm just glad that we're realizing this stuff now. And everyone gets kind of upset whenever we modernize different images. So I know, like, the new Chuck E. Cheese looks like a little mouse, and he's super cool and hip when he's got a skateboard, and he's all animated and stuff. And everyone's, you know, getting mad about that. Maybe, like, the Aunt Jemima thing. Like, whenever we change uh, figures, I guess, people get upset about it. I'm like, you know, there, there's really nothing wrong with modernizing and adapting. You have to adapt your brand, and I'm cool with that. I'm really glad they you got away from the weird stuff. Yeah, you know what's funny is Chuck E. Cheese went towards like trying to be young and hip. They got the skateboard now. Yeah. And he's like a young kid. Cheetos, Chester, not Cheetos. Uh, yeah, it is Cheetos. Chester, Cheeto, Chester or whatever. Cheeto. They went the opposite direction. He's like an old man now with sunglasses <laughs> and a gray goatee. Yep. <laughs> he aged with us. He's a I I kind of like what they're doing because they're appealing to the crowd that grew up like skating and stuff, eating Cheetos. And so Chester's a weird dude, and he's really funny because I know people make fun of him, and they do fake advertisement stuff, and he's sitting there, like, smoking a joint, doing his thing, and he's like, yeah, you want to grow up to be me, kid, back in my day. And I'm like, that is the exact niche that Chester the Cheetah needs to be in. He's just weird enough as a character for that to work, but probably don't show that to kids either way. I don't know. I, th I think those are really funny. I like seeing those. They're entertaining. I think those companies have two ways they can go. They can either age to create the characters to level up with the group that they originally targeted, yep. or they can kind of revert back and create a new character that uh, targets a new younger generation. I agree, but if you do a whole new one, you're probably going to lose the people you used to have because they like the nostalgia, like you know the, the paper cup with the little blue swoosh verbal meme era. That kind of thing is like we see that stuff and we think, oh, yeah, childhood. Things were good back then. Let's buy that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah I get that, but like, if you're something like Chuck E. Cheese, the chance of us going there is nil. Nil. So they might as well adapt, anyways. Well, but for like you're Cheetos, it's different. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. But well, food, food's a little bit different because they always have ingredients, and I know basically, just, I mean, all those fast food companies just load their stuff up with sugar so that you have to keep buying more because you're addicted to it. But it's a different conversation for a different time. So either way, brand talk, brand talk. 
Yeah, it's funny. One more one more piece on brand talk. Uh, I was just thinking how Mr. Peanut or whatever that peanut company is, they tried oh, yeah. to do the Chuck E. Cheese thing and kill him off and come back with a baby peanut. Planners. Just, I feel like it didn't work. No, it totally got shot down. People hated it. But pe people hated it for like no reason either. That was They just hated it because the brand was trying so hard. Yeah, they were trying to get on that baby Yoda trend. They were like, oh, everyone's liking baby things right now, so we're going to kill off our old peanut guy with the monocle, and here's a baby peanut, and everyone was like, what is going on? Have you ever seen Wendy's Twitter? Ah, uh, I, you know, I might have come, come across it a couple times, but not a whole lot. Well, you're off Twitter. Your, your opinion's irrelevant in this one, Matt. Have you seen Wendy's Twitter? <laughs> I've seen them before. They kind of come back, like, with really good social media where they, like, interact with their people in, like, pretty savage ways sometimes, right? Yeah, Wendy's good. They literally, like, took some kids off the street and said, look, literally just run our Twitter like you would run your Twitter. Clap back on everyone and act like you're 21. And they did, and people ate it up because it was absolutely... 100% real. It was actually, it was just people being people. I like that. I don't like when brands try it. Slim Jim is another good one. They do excellent job. You see them on uh, Instagram is where they do their stuff. They comment under like every single big post that happens and they're funny. They're genuinely just kind of funny and real. Which I think is great for brand recognition and getting the name out there, but I don't think it's actually driving any more sales because even though Wendy's is really great on Twitter, I've not gone to Wendy's since I was like under 18. Right, that's fair. Neither have I. Um, I, I still, th I, I will argue, and I think it's really valuable for a brand to be seen in a positive light. If only because maybe the sale doesn't go to you, but when someone says, "Hey, let's go to Wendy's," and you just happen to be along for the ride, you're not going to say you. You're going to be like, "Oh yeah, they make me laugh. Like they're funny. I got nothing against Wendy's." Right? Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a good take. That okay. like we're not averse to them. We're at least willing to go for them if someone else wants to i can't think of any at the top of my head I'm, I'm in a pretty positive mood but like if, if a brand i really didn't like based on social media if someone was like hey let's go there i would i would vehemently deny it I'd be like no i really don't want to i don't want to go there and they say why not I'd be like well shoot i really actually don't have anything against your products i just don't like them <laughs> I just, that's about it but all right either way I, we, we've run long for the intro the other the other house cleaning thing i really wanted to do is that i am dedicating some good time this weekend so that we can get the show back on youtube as well so that you can look at our less than beautiful faces if you'd like uh it'll still obviously be released on spotify and everything i'm trying to get some quality of life improvements get everything set up audio is improving um one day eventually i'll have the intro song going and the outro and all that but we'll i, I i'm putting time into this weekend i promise i, I know i've been saying that for a while but that's my promise we're growing. We're growing. I don't know what we are a growing of, but we're growing. Yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. It, it's so much fun, though. All right. You guys ready to jump in? Yep, let's get into of it. Of course. So it finally happened. Rivian finally went public. We've been talking about it for a week and a half. They went public on Wednesday, so it was being recorded on Friday. It was funny because our show released Wednesday, and we are talking on Tuesday like, all right, it's supposed to be happening, and it was the day of. So... Their goal is they wanted to raise $10 billion to their stock sale, just purely equities. And I assume that that money has to basically go directly towards building the cars they've promised. I don't think they haven't actually like delivered a car yet. I don't think. Have you seen any? Either of you? I mean, uh, Bezos rolled up to his space flight in one of their SUVs. Huh? Well, uh, so maybe they have like pre beta production stuff. The SUV doesn't look bad. And I'm a big SUV hater, like truly. I don't think it looks bad. I don't think it's different enough to really drive sales in that way either. I don't think it looks bad, but I don't think it's anything that's like, other than the fact that it's electric and there aren't really any good electric SUVs out, there's no real reason to go towards it. Right. It's not catching my eye. There's also You're right, Matt. It's like, it's kind of how you said, John, how like, we're just tired of boring looking. I, mean, I know you said the Tesla's boring. I disagree on the Tesla, <laughs> but the other ones, it's just like generic. Like when are we going to get some cool futuristic looking? All of our cars look exactly the same nowadays. The SUVs look the same. The sedans look the same. The trucks are somewhat different, but really not. The electric trucks look way different besides the F-150 Lightning, but I don't know. So the cyber truck. Well, <sighs> it's not a truck. It's a, it's a, it's, it, it's a mistake is what it is. <laughs> It needs to be removed. I hate it. It's awful. Ugh. I just I saw some really interesting takes on it though. And the one thing was that because it's so flat and the way it is, it's great for ad space. Sure. The next the next thing is that it's uh, supposed to weigh over six thousand pounds. Ooh. And the good thing about this is is being that heavy means just like the G Wagon, it's available as a tax write off in a different way 
for your company because it's this huge monstrous vehicle. I don't know exactly how it works because I don't do tax law, but basically vehicles like the G-Wagon and or the Cybertruck, you're able to write off at a higher amount uh, for your company than if you had gotten a lower weight car. Because they weigh more? Because it weighs the same as like a military grade tank? I guess so. I guess probably it's just because it's classified as a different type of vehicle. So that way they can say that it's like a work truck type thing that's different. That's fair. Well, we have, uh, so like Atlas is the one that I like. And Atlas specifically positioned themselves as the work truck of the future. Like their their goal is to beat out the F-150 because Ford did the same thing. They said, look, our truck can literally charge your house. It is the one-stop shop, do everything, can pull anything kind of truck. Oh yeah, I yeah. just looked up the Atlas. Yeah, it's 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 square. Cool. Okay, I was actually I was way more on board until they started actually releasing like the physical ones because they had a bunch of they had, yeah they had they had a bunch where they tease you and they're like all right this is what it's supposed to look like then they actually put one out in the shop and I was like oh it's a box mm. yeah kind of boxy disappointing but whatever so all right something else happened though the shares went up to almost thirty percent. By 3 p.m. on Wednesday, obviously market closes 4:30 or 4. Sorry, um, and I was watching it all day on and off. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! This company's going public, and obviously it's getting jacked up because it's been talked about so much, and we have the internet where everyone hears about it." So I said, "This is great. There's no way this thing holds. I'm going to short it a 30% down, make a giant return on my money, and leave." I it wouldn't let me. It was really frustrating. I I bank through Schwab, or I I do my brokerage through Schwab. I tried both them and Robinhood. Could not get anyone to loan me shares to short down, which means it must have just been a crazy high demand. It's very frustrating. And it didn't say that there weren't shares. It said, this is not eligible to be shorted. And all I could sit there and think was like, insider trading. This is absolutely being manipulated. There's no way that I'm not allowed to do this. It's just because someone has rights to do it. And it's all, I don't know. It it really pissed me off. It made me very upset because I was sitting there just thinking, this is unbelievable. I should be able to take advantage of this massive arbitrage moment. Yeah, I feel like that's like a good take to do just about on any new IPO is that like they're guaranteed to spike up like at least 40% give or take right. within the first day. And then like if you you can short it for like 15% even within like the next weekend, like you're plenty set. Well, unfortunately, I mean, that doesn't always work, of course. But the thing is, when you have a company like this that really doesn't have any cash flow, they're not producing anything at the moment, they're probably going to be an awesome powerhouse in the future. And I'm super bullish on the company overall. But at this moment, they're not worth like 20 times earnings or whatever they had put out. They're just not worth that much money and their valuation is too high. I should be able to step in and capitalize on the people who are crazy and don't know what they're doing. I should be allowed to do that. And I'm not, apparently. Oh, well, I mean, from someone outside of the whole finance and business field, it blows my mind that we're taking companies to public onto the stock exchange that aren't putting out any goods. Sure. I mean, that's not new. That's not new at all. But like, if you think about like, you're not going to go and invest in a science research firm that's going to be kicking out new drugs if they haven't put anything out. So they they go public originally because they need to raise cash for their operations is that they they don't have they they weren't they're not able to convince and get enough money from private institutions they have to open up to the general public. So the goal for a company like Rivian to go public is that they want to just suck in as much cash as physically possible um, and then use that cash immediately to build factories, to buy parts, do all this stuff, get operations going, build partnerships so that they can have cash flow in the future. I get what you're saying, but nah, I I don't know. That's that's just that's why that's why it happens. It's like using the stock market as a giant GoFundMe then in that case. That's true. That's, so that's true. true. Yep. And and guess what? You should be upset about it because people get flipping rich off it and then leave and it's because they are av- they have access to the shares before they go public and the, like us the little guys are just now starting to find out about it because we have access to the internet and we can see all this stuff. And everyone is rightfully upset. The insider trading has been rampant for years and years and years and years and years. It's unbelievable. Mm. Oh, well, not really worth getting too upset about on camera. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that was the only thing I had for tech. I, do you guys have anything else? Um, I don't think anything too big happened in the tech world between our last show and today. But, you know, we'll keep our eyes peeled over the weekend. Uh, with the rate Facebook's going, I mean, we'll probably have five new headlines for you on them come uh, come next week. 
God, you're right about that. I, it's going to be a super finance investment and then overall world stuff heavy show, but most of it kind of translates over. So, all right, that'll be fair. And the first thing I got to pat myself on the back here, we are, I, but we as a whole called the damn turkey shortage thing. We were talking about it last time we had the show and literally the next day, or I guess it was the day the show released, reports popped up. Matt, you sent me one on Instagram. I saw it was reports of a turkey shortage coming to the U.S., something like that. Just big and bold words. And I said, bam, called it. Yep, we were right on the nose on that one. It didn't, it didn't make sense because, I'm, I mean, if we're seeing shortages and everything else, chicken wings, roast beef, et cetera, et cetera, it was only bound to happen because you figure – I don't want to say everyone gets a turkey on Thanksgiving, but if you had to take a percentage, I'd say 90% of Americans get a turkey on Thanksgiving. I think that'd be an accurate statistic. It's definitely a hot majority. So a listener had an interesting take on this. They, they agreed with you, Joey, which is what you said last time was, we don't consume as much turkey all year round as we do chicken and other stuff. So it makes sense that we have a chicken shortage because we just consume so much of it constantly. But the uptake in turkey nowadays could have been prepared for. My argument for that is, well, we're having a shortage of corn and other things that we have to use to feed those turkeys. If we can't keep up with the feed, the turkeys die. So I think it it starts further down the chain than just having we don't have enough birds. It's we don't have the capacity to take care of and raise the birds, which we will then be butchering and munching on. I would like to see the turkey death rates over the past six months <laughs> since the start of COVID. What's the death rate look like for turkeys? I have to say, so our local Publix, which is just right across the street, they, for the last six months, I've never been there and they've, okay, I, I'm going to phrase this wrong. They've had BOGO chicken breasts for six months in a row, which means they're, they had chickens and they had to execute them and carve them up and ship them off and they're just not able to sell them fast enough. The only reason they do BOGOs is because they have to get rid of inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you can't keep them alive and you don't want them to go to waste, got to do something with them. It's just crazy to me. Is Every time I go, I think, oh, man, BOGOs got to stock up. And then the next two weeks I go back and I'm like, again, really? You guys just have, you have so much chicken. Like I, So we're going to have the inflation talk soon, but inflation hasn't hit me as hard because I've been able to take like take advantage of these kind of things. There's a lot of, like, our supply chain is such a mess that you're able to take advantage of stuff that the grocery stores have to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, it's, it, I know it's, it's a lot of planning for you who hates grocery shopping. Oh, my God, don't even get me fired up on that. <laughs> I don't know but if I've I need actually, to. I've, my last trip to the grocery store was much improved to the past because my girlfriend has made me start eating healthier unfortunately good. excellent and i was able to get a good recipe from you john and oh, yeah. we got a couple other good recipes and it's crazy how much less stressful it is whenever you stick to the outside of the grocery store and you get all the healthy veggies and stuff instead of bobbing and weaving in those little shelves and fighting people over the unhealthy stuff and like i realized my diet this week was mostly peppers onions chicken rice and you just you know you kind of avoid the junk in the middle yeah the people you're fighting on the outside are a little bit skinnier than the ones on the inside too a little more room out there <laughs> yeah there's more room to breathe and play it's true so you're you're in the clear there you, you yeah have... no it wasn't that bad i guess but still i hate it it's the last thing i want to do on a sunday morning well, and I, I know i know that you should go another day of the week but the schedule is so jam-packed that trying to go on a weekday would just put me over the edge yeah, weekdays are the time to go, but I, I got to tell you, this is, I think, the greatest myth that America ever invented. I don't know how the hell we came up with this. People say it's expensive to eat healthy. That is the biggest lie I've ever heard. And they say, well, you know, with the class system, we've, you know, we, we've capitalism's failed us because it's just, it's impossible to eat healthy. It's cheaper to eat fast food. I said, no, no, it absolutely is not. There's no flipping way you can say that. It cost me $26 to buy enough stuff to feed me for two weeks straight. You know why? Rice. Rice. Fresh vegetables, chicken. Well, technically BOGO chicken, so you know what? I'm cheating there. Whatever. But point being, it's I don't know who fed us this lie, but it's ridiculous. It's just it's an unwillingness to eat healthy. It's unbelievable. So I you're gonna find that you're gonna save yourself a heck of a lot of heck of a lot of time and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean it can be as expensive or as, as inexpensive as you want if you right. if you end up going to Whole Foods and you buy all the non-GMO grass-fed this, none of this. Then yeah, you're gonna you might drop a pretty penny, but you can eat healthy without getting that stuff if you just like like you said, stick to peppers, onions, vegetables, rice, chicken. 
You don't, use that. You don't realize how far one onion food. goes. Onions go a long flipping way. You can get a ton out yeah. of it. Rice too. A bag of rice is not very, it's not very expensive. And oh my God, rice goes so flipping far. It's unbelievable. Okay. okay. Onions do not go far. Let's yes, they hold, do. Let's roll that back. You're Italian. Just like garlic, you measure onions and garlic with your heart. You do not just put half an onion in anything. It's one whole onion minimum. Very I'm, cheap, but you got one whole onion minimum. No, no, no. no. I'm, a, I'm a half half of one whole large, very large white onion. I chop it in half. I mix it into something that I can make last for five days. That That's the way to do it. Onions will go far I'm if you know how to make it. I'm going to take away your Italian far. card. It's gone. No more Italian for John. Okay, one, but... Like, <laughs> I put a whole white onion into every dish along with everything's like three cloves out of a garlic. No, the whole garlic, every yeah. clove, every clove in the garlic gets put in. Yeah, garlic. So- when I buy garlic, I get the massive jar, not the tiny little one that's cute and comes in a little glass thing. No, we get the big giant one. You get you jars? Get massive spoonfuls out of. You pansy. And onions you buy in minimum two because each meal takes one whole onion minimum. All right. Well, you've already lost this argument because you don't buy fresh garlic. You got to buy yourself the garlic, crack it, smash it up and chop it like that's the only way to do garlic fry it yourself pull it off i get my italian car because of that <laughs> okay oh. i'll give you that one but that, that's just a little too much time we're looking for efficiency and maximum taste so no like- we're looking for the pizza pasta gabagool <laughs> that's what Jordan, we're looking for i agree <laughs> all right we've gone on such a tangent okay Oh my gosh, where were we? We were at Turkey. That's how we got here. Okay, all right, all right. Turkey. Turkey to onions and garlic and Italian. The gabagool. Shoot. All right. Well, either way, turkey shortage. So get ready. Turkeys are going to be darn expensive. All right. The, the genesis of this was just to say that you should start thinking about your turkey now, two weeks early. Because if you don't, you're probably not going to get it. It's going to be like. Have you seen the Bob's Burgers episode where he has to get five turkeys? Because every time he gets one. It like it gets messed up somehow or flushed down the toilet or something stupid, and so he keeps having to go back. And eventually, the butcher guy is like this younger guy, and the third turkey is like, "I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Like, I, I'm not into men." Like, <laughs> he, goes, he goes back and he's like, "I swear, I'm not hitting on you." He comes back and he says, "We don't have any more turkeys, and I don't want your number. Leave me alone." <laughs> he just keeps coming back, and eventually they do run out. Trying to hoard turkeys like they did uh, toilet paper. Oh my god, turkey paper. Turkeys and sell them for. An inflated price. I actually wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It's very possible. We're going to see people yeah. outside like scalping turkeys. Yeah, that's what that's where I'm thinking. I might buy like 10 and then sell them to my neighbors for a triple digit markup. All right. 4D chess over here. We're just going to have an all sides Thanksgiving. Just all sides. All of it. Which is perfectly fine with me. It's not a terrible idea. I'm still sticking with my idea that I think that they can pivot. We kick out so many turkey based goods now in place of beef. Yeah. And so you've got the sausages, the ground turkey, whatever it is. They're going to pivot from kicking those out. They're going to reduce that down majorly and kick out whole birds. I agree with you. I think that would be a very smart thing to do. However, I don't control those companies yet. (laughs) Someone smarter than me has to control them. So I'm sure they figured this out. I I say that all the time. And then I, I look at some of these people running these companies and I think, are they smarter than me? I don't. Yeah, I. that's a. We should probably not go down that hole. I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> Can't be good. Oh, all right. In other news, Evergrande finally defaulted. We've talked about, we've touched on them. That was the big news is they missed a payment and everyone was like, oh, well, it's bound to happen. It really doesn't have a huge effect. It was kind of just, everyone looked and there were some people who didn't get paid and they were like, they were like, hey, fork over the money. And they're like, well, we don't have it. So that was it. So, you know, billionaires fighting billionaires, nothing new there. But, Everyone's probably just like, yeah, that makes sense. There's no way in how they were going to keep up with the payments, you know, without yep. missing a little bit here and there. The Chinese government's probably like, yeah, that looks par for the course. I just wanted to touch on it. We don't have to go into it. I thought it was fun. And then, yeah, yeah we, we, we can move on from that. Oh, there's Elon stuff, which we're all excited about, I know. We got the reports. Matt and I were doing some deep digging. We were doing the research right before the show. Uh, he sold. He officially sold his $5 billion worth of Tesla stock. $3.88 billion of that was on this Tuesday and Wednesday, officially, is, I guess, the reports, which is probably, you know, why it had a massive tank in price and everyone freaked out. And, Matt, you got to correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently there was also a scheduled sale that happened in September for one point one billion, was it stock options? I really don't understand that. I don't. I don't remember what we talked about. 
So it really didn't fully explain, but basically, I guess, in September 14th was the date it gave me, was that he put in a sale order that he was basically going to sell off $1.1 billion worth of stock in, like, advance. So I guess it sold this week, but, like, he said ahead of time that it was going to happen. I guess that occurs when you have that much type of stock to throw around. Oh, yeah. he No, that's that's correct, is... Yeah, so you have, you have to do that so you don't get dinged for the insider trading stuff. I But I don't understand. He must have had to put the other larger order in before as well. You do have to declare when you're going to do it, and you have to declare it like super confidentiality because this they don't want to... All right, so he's already getting dinged because I know his younger, older brother, whatever, Kimball Musk, the other one, he did a big dump of his shares before this news came out. And it's just this whole massive spider web of we're going to sell at this point, we're not, we're gonna, we are, we aren't. I, it's so much to keep track of. I don't even think it's worth caring about, but you could make a pretty solid argument that there was a lot of insider trading going on. I don't know. It's, I don't I think, think that's, <laughs> go ahead. Connecting the dots is always, the I, I mean, I think it's whether or not it happened is one thing, but from an outsider's perspective, whenever you're looking in, it's just, it's pretty easy to like, be like, well, he dumped stock here and that's your brother. Yep. Then you went here and did this. Like, you can just kind of connect it and be like, yeah, that looks about right. It's way too much thinking for me to try to remember all the rules and piece together the dates. And I just don't care. I know, Joe, you don't have Twitter, so we're not going to we're not gonna drag too much on this. But Matt and I both do, and we both follow. And we were talking about this earlier, too. It's, it's crazy that there's just two massively distinct camps that, like, watch every single thing he does. You've got the tax the rich camp that just want him to burn and they have all these massive plans to do nothing with the money and then on the other hand you have people who support him for absolutely like no flipping reason they would just if he told them to if he said jump they say how high and it's it's wild how far social media has poisoned us with this guy it's nuts he's just such a polarizing character i know i don't even i feel like people just hate him to hate him sometimes or love him just to love him same difference yeah it's it's very true but like like him selling flamethrowers. I mean, there were people that were like, "That's so irresponsible. How would how could you possibly sell flamethrowers to the public?" Dun, dun, dun. I'm like, yeah, they just hate him to hate him. Flamethrowers are awesome. awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? There's no one out there that's gonna take a flamethrower and go light their neighbor on fire. I'm like, it's it's just like I want one just because. I don't know. You light up a fire pit. Like, hey, you guys want to have a fire? Here's my flamethrower. Can you imagine? You want how- some s'mores? Hold the molo up. That was, I mean, that was several years ago. Just, I, I really wish I would have gotten one. Imagine you would be the life of the party if you're at, you know, like a winter bonfire. And you're like, oh, hold on, I'll get matches, and you come back and you're like, whoosh. <laughs> Flame I, I was too young. I didn't have the expendable funds that I do now. If it was today, oh Dude, my god, I, I definitely would have bought one in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would have bought. I would have bought a flamethrower on credit and been like, I'll deal with this later. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem for the end of the month. Yeah, that's. Oh, oh, that's great. I don't know. He's a mess. I, I wish I had a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, Elon, if you ever listen to this, sell flamethrowers again. You will get large amounts of capital from us. His time is spent so much better than listening to us jerky, <laughs> jerk around talking about him. <laughs> That's so true. Hopefully one of his advisors that he hires someday hears this and they're like, yeah, you know, there's a couple of crazy 20-year-olds that really want flamethrowers. You ever think about doing that again? I can promise we aren't the only ones either. Yeah. He could make a lot of money if he did that again, I think. But uh, I wonder if like any type of regulations or shipping companies were like, hey, man, maybe you should stop shipping flamethrowers across the country. People tried to sue him. I don't know if you remember, but there was a couple lawsuits that came out. They didn't get any traction. But yeah, that was that was when he was just now find, like just beginning to find uh, success. And so immediately people piled on and was like, yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. We're going to take all his money. <laughs> but it didn't really go through. Yeah, was that financing was one... for the... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Joey. I was just going to say, was that financing for the Model 3 that he was selling yeah, them for? Yeah, that's exactly what he was trying to do. Because that was right when the Model 3 was just being produced. And he said, all right, I promise I'm going to make X number by the end of the year and get them shipped out. He didn't hit the numbers. He almost never hits his numbers. But point being, he was financing a later project with flamethrowers just because he could make them for 200 and sold them for 400 That's <laughs> the funniest thing. Genius. Yeah, crazy dude. Okay. So I don't want to do the full inflation talk. I want to do it super quick and then we're going to move on and it's going to be great. So it's the only word that can literally leave anyone's mouth these days. And it upsets me because everyone seems to have their own idea of it. 
and you get the finance bros on one side who are like, it's, I don't, I don't even know what they say, but it's stupid every time I see it. And you have the people on the other side who are like, why is this happening? And I'm like, well, two years ago, you were the one who were like, pay me $15 an hour. And we said, well, inflation, you said, well, I don't care what that is. I don't know what it is. And I was like, well, look, all this stuff's happening. Okay. I'm going, I'm going off for a minute. What this thing is quite simply is when you don't produce enough goods and services to meet the demand for said goods and services. That's it. That's literally it. Your money is just doesn't go as far as it used to because we don't have enough supply. Okay, that's it. We don't have to go any further on that. I was going to say, I think you nailed it there. Nice, short, simple, to the point. Just keep it simple. Keep it light. Keep it happy. I, Man, it just bugs me to see people talking about that. All, all right. Okay, let's move on. All right. So... <laughs> Here's another one I saw. You guys are going to like this. I uh, This is only somewhat punny. I said restaurants are in the hot seat. And uh, it's because the profit margins are shrinking from four major, major things. They got to pay more for food, pay more for fuel to deliver the food, pay more for labor, and pay more for transportation. I think that's the exact same thing as fuel. But you know what? I'm going to go off what the report said. Point being, restaurants aren't making hardly any money. And this came from, this is from a uh, commercial real estate platform that I was looking at. And they were talking about it in the sense that you shouldn't buy a restaurant now because restaurants don't make as much money. So obviously, you know, you don't make the capital return you want. I said, I think this matters way outside of a commercial real estate perspective. This matters for like all of us, because if they don't make as much money, they're going to be less motivated to pay their people. And we're already having a massive staffing issue. I think the issue is mainly seen in chains. And I think that the small mom and pop shops type restaurants are doing just maybe there. I'm sure there is a certain amount of decrease, but I think they're doing a whole lot better than the full chains. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly fine with that as well. It doesn't bother me one bit. The chains themselves are going to be okay. And also they're automating like crazy. Like, have you guys seen Flippy? Yes. The yeah. Burger flipper. Yeah. It's the automated burger flipper that does the fries, burgers, and everything. I mean, the, we called this happening for a while. And Starbucks, on we, we called this as well, is on cue. Uh, the second the workers started talking about unionizing in New York, Starbucks immediately released a report and said, this is what it would cost us to basically automate everything we do. Turns out they could have done it years ago. <laughs> they just didn't do it because they just want, they wanted to have a better company perception. And now that everyone's pushing back on it, they're like, eh, okay, we've we've given you the carrot, time for the stick. My thing is that you've got a whole lot of restaurants that have automated it and have done things to cut down their margin of cost for food and that type of thing. Food yep. comes pre-made in bags that's just stuck in warmers mm -hmm. or in pots to boil for soups, whatever it may be. Like, it's already pre-done. They've cut their profit margins down so much, but the price has gone up over time. I mean, I remember going out to the restaurant as a kid and things were half as much. That's inflation that's just going to occur over time. Right, natural. But I would much rather go and get food from a small mom-and-pop restaurant or a food truck that is genuine. I'll get more food. It's going to taste better. Mm -hmm. Why would I not go do that than go to one of these chains that keeps continually increasing prices and making food that's lesser and less quality? I agree. And on the note that everything's costing a little bit more, I, I find that it hasn't really affected me that much. You have to change your budgeting a little bit, but at the same time, if you're smart enough, you can still have the quality that you desire, maybe just in a lower amount. I'm totally on your side with this. I completely agree. I, Man, whenever you start to realize like Chili's, Applebee's, Miller's Outhouse, all those places literally just get a frozen bag and heat it up and that's your food. It's scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all get the same deliveries from the same Cisco trucks. Yep. You see them roll up into uh -huh. those apartment or into the complexes, and it's the same Cisco truck with the same food delivered from the same warehouse. Yep. It it can't be that different. No. I I worked for Panera for I don't know maybe a year. It was my first job ever. I think it was fifteen. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Uh, so if I get sued, I'm sorry. But listen, there's soup sorry for me. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their soup just comes in a bag. It's a frozen brick. That's all. No one makes that fresh. Yeah. Same with the mac and cheese. It's it, like, I don't know if you ever had little bites. It's like a little bag. Yep. It's just a little plastic bag of mac and cheese. You, they throw it in the microwave and then give it to you in a bowl and charge you eight bucks for it. I mean, same with the soup. It's just literally a frozen brick that's dropped into a, like hot water in the back. And then they cut it open and pour it into little pots and just ladle it into a bowl. Like it's not like they're in the same boat as Applebee's. I mean, 
it's, it's all the same. Yeah, and they just had to cut their costs a little bit and make up for it. I understand, but yeah, it is gross to think about. Yes, very, very gross to think about. Okay, all right, you guys ready to move on? I got another interesting one for you. Go for it. So I thunk a thought, and my thought was based off of something I saw on Twitter that was pure satire and parody. And it was someone tweeted, "Jobs are at, jobs asked me for three, uh, three, whatever, like, um, shoot, I don't know what you call it. References. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three references. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna start asking them for three references. Let me let me talk to three employees and see if see if this is actually like a good work environment. So that got me thinking. Wait a minute. Right now, the employees actually have all the power because the companies are so desperate for workers. Is it?" Is it going to become normal to like actually ask for employee interviews if you want to work there? Like, I I don't think that's weird. I think that would be perfectly normal if I say, "Hey, look, can I talk to people in different departments and just find out if this is actually like a good place to work?" Can I ask for more money if it isn't? Yeah. <laughs> can we let's renegotiate the contract if it turns out this is going to be way more painful than you've told me? You offered me $12 an hour to work in this shitty sales job, but uh, I think I want 15 if it's going to be this bad. Shoot. With, uh, yeah, the, the, power, the power has completely shifted to the employees now. And it's funny, we've talked about this in the past, where I, I just don't know where the disconnect is. And it seems like everyone's confused all at the same time. The jobs are all asking for more workers, and the workers are all asking for jobs. What the hell is wrong? Like, why can't we match people with stuff? Is it because that we have outdated systems that automatically reject applicants? I don't, it seems like that should be an easy fix. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, maybe, is it, could it be, you know, the type of people that want jobs aren't, aren't you know, looking for jobs in the spaces where we need employees? I mean, I, I don't believe that for a second. We just we just need workers. We need like low skill workers. I, I get that there's a couple industries. I know construction is really hurting for skilled labor in specific, but mm-hmm. no, we just need bodies doing stuff. And it's fine. You can do training for a year, whatever. I it, it blows my mind that we haven't fixed this yet. Like the supply chain is hurting simply because we haven't matched people. People want to work. It's I just, it's a fact. I yeah. think it's because we've set the qualifications too high for things. There's a Agreed. whole lot of jobs that require on-the-job training at most. Yep. It's nothing that should take that long at all, more than a week max to really learn how to do something. Yeah. And these are jobs that are getting filled up more and more by high schoolers. I saw a news line the other day that said that the high school employment rate was the highest it had been, like, ever. That's surprising. And so because – like it was at like 30 something percent because there's jobs available now and everybody needs workers. So they're willing to take the unskilled workers. And it's because we're not setting the qualifications so high for someone for a job that doesn't need qualifications that high. That's a good thing. I, I fully believe humans are adaptable and we can figure it out. The whole three years of experience in addition to two years of grad school and all this BS, like a good friend of mine reached out to me today, actually. And he said, or yesterday, sorry. And he said, Hey, John, I know you work in the commercial real estate space. Uh, I got an opportunity. I just want to run you by like these two positions got offered to me. Can you take a look at them? I said, absolutely, sure. So he sent it over. They were asking for three years of experience, two years using this system, and you'd only be able to use that system if you worked for a big firm that has a whole lot of money to spend on that system. It's incredibly expensive. I know it. I use it every day. And there's no way you could have gotten that experience without jumping in. This is an entry-level position. What a stupid qualification to have to do that. You're cutting out so many people that you could have working for you that are going to do a fantastic job. You just have to teach them, and it would take you two months maybe. I see it all the time too where like there's they're essentially memes that are on social media where some job is advertising whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I know and the qualifications on. require you be proficient in something for five years. Yep. Whatever system it has been is only been out for three. Mm-hmm. It's because the people that are setting these qualifications for jobs to weed out more and more people don't understand the systems that they're trying to hire people based off of. Yep. Completely agree. It's goofy backwards. And if we could solve that, we're pretty much going to improve the world big time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, looking, finding an entry level job where you don't need, you know, three years of work experience is very difficult right now. And that's what I've been applying around right now, just trying to find my way into the data analytics world. And it's, it's actually hilarious. Every single interview I go on, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie, The Internship with no. uh, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, but every single I interview I go on, I feel like I'm Vince Vaughn switching from a sales role to an analytics role. And the employer's like, 
all right, uh, let's say you're in the office by yourself. There's a bug in the code. Explain to me how you find the bug. And I literally feel like Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn going, all right, bug, bug. What are we looking for? Are we looking for a spider, <laughs> fly, insect? What type of bug is it? Where, where are we starting? Come on, guys. I need your breath. Like, that's what I feel like trying to explain it. But I say more intelligent stuff than that. But that's just like what I've been going through. That makes me think of Step Brothers, where they're they're trying to get a job and it's just like super entry level stuff and they dress up in the full suits and they're like, so you're applying for the job? And he's like, oh no, we're a pair. We go together. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. Uh, I might need to watch The Internship tonight or Step Brothers. Two great movies. Those are great. Oh, I, I haven't seen The Internship. Step Brothers always cracks me up. Oh, you gotta watch The Internship. It's on HBO Go, I think. Oh, it's fantastic. I'll see if I can find it. All right. You guys that's like the thing though it's just like you get all these jobs where it's created by hr where yeah. like they're all administrative people who come in and somewhat nicer clothes and i worked multiple years in anheuser bush which is a fantastic company no gripes with them at all but i interviewed in practically a full suit with admin people for the most part except for like one small part of it and then every day i went to work in steel toe boots dickies <laughs> shorts and a high-vis vest yep Yep. Did I need to wear a full suit for this? No. I mean, that's not anything that I would ever wear for work. Mm -mm. It's an old-fashioned way of doing things, and it's getting outdated. And I'm I'm bummed because usually I'll, I'll give the millennials and you know like the older millennials a lot of credit. I'll say I think they fixed a lot of systems and they're dragging us away from the old, outdated way of doing things. But this is something they've not fixed yet, and I think it's a pride thing. That's what it came. That's what it comes down to. In my logic, is it comes down to. You like to be the big boss to say, oh, we only hire people that do this. But I don't know. I, I think we can get away from it, and I think we've talked it to death. Yeah. Yep. It'll change with us, if anything. I mean, the work work attire is already changing. And uh, granted, you still need a suit and tie for an interview, but give it another, I don't know, five years? Yeah, we'll Ten figure years? it out. Yep, I agree. Okay, you're also going to like the next one. Have you guys ever heard of Singles Day uh, from Alibaba? Nope. Not. I'm a little surprised. This is a big flipping deal. We just don't talk about it in the U.S. So think like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So those are things that we create. Well, you know, Black Friday specifically is something we created in the U.S. quite a while ago as a way to drum up sales right before the big holiday season. And Cyber Monday followed that created. I, I think Amazon created it. I'm not positive, but it was purely designed to capitalize on this beginning of the holiday season. Just boom, massive sales rush, ready to go. So Alibaba, which is essentially Chinese Amazon, started by Jack Ma, who's essentially Chinese Jeff Bezos, Bezos or Elon Musk, um, they're an enormous company. I'm pretty sure they actually dwarf Amazon, like they make it look small. So in 2009, they started this awesome event called Singles Day, and the reason they started it was the same purpose as Black Friday or Cyber Monday, to drum up sales right before the holiday season. There's a catch. The big problem they have in China is that there's more men than women because in the last few generations it was seen as better to have a boy over a girl. And so you can see where the problem would arise. There's a hell of a lot of single dudes who are really sad and lonely because they're just there's just a massive imbalance of people. So they said, all right, we're going to create a holiday, a multi-day holiday specifically around celebrating what it is to be single and to be individual, which is a very unique concept in the Chinese society because it does they do run on a semi, no, not semi, a full communist uh, economic system. And I've, I've studied their language a little bit. It's entirely like respect-based and it's focused on community. The way they structure their sentences is very interesting. So it's wild that they have, or that Alibaba was able to do this and build this massive event that is now the largest shopping event in the world by far. Makes Cyber Monday look tiny, purely based on celebrating individuality. Super interesting. That's, it's, uh, it just ended, I think. We just had it November 11th. It's like the whole beginning of November. Oh, I'm sad we missed it because as much as I don't necessarily support Alibaba in the sense that I buy their goods, yeah, I totally support what they do because you can go online and you can look up Nike or Patagonia or whatever brand it is. And it's going to cost you 60, $80 to get whatever good is. And right. you can go on Alibaba, which you can get it from the same exact supplier. You can even get it with the same logos, which is sketchy, but whatever <laughs> it is. And you'll get it for a 10th of the price. And I love it. Sure. The fact that we're literally just going to the source and going, we'd like that exact same thing slightly more than the cost of what it uh, costs you to make it. And you're and that company's still going to make more than if you bought it from Nike. So 
I'm for it. Well, yeah, you know, there's something to be said for sweatshops and all that, but that's that's another conversation. <laughs> sweatshops bad. Sweatshops equal bad. Yeah. Well, but it's not like you're not supporting those sweatshops if you buy it from Nike or Patagonia or whatever. You're just buying right. it at an increased markup and where less money is going to the sweatshop, even. Yeah, and then the money just goes directly into the corporate execs' pockets. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Well, all I could think about was like this. <laughs> If they're trying to make this happen in the rest of the world, specifically in the U.S., I think this would really take off in the United States. We are so big on self-proficiency and like self-empowerment, be your own boss, that kind of thing. I Singles Day would, I think, kick ass here, and it would be nuts. But, you know, Jeff would throw a temper tantrum because he wants Amazon to run everything. Jeff would find a way to like take him to court or something. I don't know how he would do it, but so do you remember the South Park episode where it was like a three part special where they played off a of Game of Thrones and it was all about the Xboxes and the Playstations? Oh my god, yes. Those are some of the best episodes. Yeah, they're like the three best ones. And so the whole the whole genesis of it was like um who's the guy who runs Sony? I don't even know, but it, it was the, the the Asian guy that runs Sony and uh Bill Gates who runs Microsoft. And they end up getting into like a fist fight and one kills the other at the end of one of the episodes. And all I could think of was like South Park would have a blast doing a parody of Jeff Bezos fighting Jack Ma. It would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be fantastic. It would be so weird. I mean, I'd love every second of it. Oh my God. They need to hire you as a writer for the show. I am nowhere near as talented as Trey Parker and Matt Stone and I never will be. Those men are so flipping smart and their satire is incredible. Hmm. Fair enough. You're wonderful. Okay. We can be done. We that we took basically the whole episode for finance investment. We got a little bit of real estate. I want to do tweet of the week, and then we got another extra special new segment. You guys ready? Ready for it. Okay. Super quick one. I know if you've been paying attention to anything happening in the world, uh, homes are selling like crazy. They're selling at ridiculous prices. I just saw a really cool statistic today. Uh, it was between July 2020 and June 2021, which was this past summer. Homes on average in the United States sold within one week. That's nuts. You could literally list your home, have offers closed, or not closed, I'm sorry, have them under contract, ready to be closed within one week. And I don't know what that looks like in a typical environment. I, I figured it would take a lot longer for you to sell your home. So the year, before, the year before July 2020, so that would have been the month before all the way back to July 2019, it was about three weeks on average to sell your, fat, sell your house. To me, that still seems incredibly fast to know that if you're in a fairly populated area, you could reliably sell your home in a very short amount of time under a month. Yeah, it's it's crazy. My house was on the market for 18 hours before oh. we bought it under contract. 18 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. God, I, commercial space is similar too. So I, I, I can't share names, can't share locations, anything like that. So a recent uh, deal we had with one of our clients that happened was the story that I can share that went, all right, is, sorry, I'm trying to find the best way to say this. I saw something pop up in the market. I saw it an hour after lunch because I was at lunch at a meeting. I immediately after that hour called the person listing and said, hey, we want this. I have someone who'd fit there. It'd be perfect. She said, you're the fifth person to call me. We already have a lease out. I was like, oh my God, one hour. <laughs> you're kidding me. Stuff just goes so fast these days. Money's so cheap. It's crazy. Yeah, That's the thing, too, is, like, my parents, like, they've been in their house for a while now. And, like, they've had people come up to their door and said, hey, we'd like your house. We'd like to buy it from you. We already have a buyer set. Yep. And it's, like, the house wasn't even up for sale. They're uh -huh. just, like, going door to door asking, like, hey, we have people that want to move into your neighborhood and we'll sign a contract today if you sell us your house. Yeah. Like I, I can't tell you who it is, but they, it starts with bull and ends with Axstone. <laughs> I like what you did there. Yeah. They will literally buy anything. Unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. The real estate world's weird right now. Well, that's it, all I had for that amazing. one. <laughs> that's, I just wanted to touch on that. So we can, we can do, uh, we can move on to crypto if you guys are ready. Sounds ready good. For it. This yep. one's also super, super quick. I I didn't see anything super interesting in the crypto world this week, but I, I saw, all right, one of my parody Twitter accounts cracks me up. It's uh it's called John W. Rich, and it says in parentheses, fake tech exec. And he's just like, his whole parody thing is being like a, like a super crusty old CEO that just 
has no idea what's going on and he's so stupid and he makes all these bad decisions. It's really funny. So he tweeted, and everything is satire. He tweeted, Bitcoin really needs to fix this going down problem. Every time the price goes up, it goes down right after. Mainstream adoption won't happen until this is fixed, in my opinion. <laughs> that's that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, if they could just if they could just fix the price going down problem, they'll definitely get mainstream adoption. <laughs> that is good. I loved it. The comments below it are great too. The one below it is angry Warren Buffett and it says Bitcoin's <laughs> drop of four percent shows that it has no future. <laughs> yeah, that's, I didn't even see that. <laughs> and the um. Oh, that's good. The one below it too says, John, we're all adults here. You know as well as I do in the real world, no one wants our frothy brew. One needs to skim the top consistently when there is a solid flow. It's like, that's a goofy way of saying that. Oh, I love it. Okay, and now we're moving on to our final section real quick. Matt and I came up with this beforehand, and I'm really excited. We're going to do Friday Florida Man. So, this is something I recommend everyone do, and if you want to make it personal... What you should do is Google your birth, Google Florida man, and then the date of your birthday. You're gonna get some really flipping funny stuff, weird stuff. So today's Florida man. It was today's date in uh, what you say, 2018, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> and the picture is really good. Just look it up. Naked Florida man breaks into restaurant to eat ramen noodles, comma play bongos. <laughs> It was in St. Petersburg. According to the Tampa Bay Times, a St. Petersburg police officer was investigating a break-in at the Chataway restaurant, reviewing surveillance video that shows a burglar eating a plate of chicken wings and drinking a beer inside the kitchen on November 6th. The officer then stumbled across another incident from the night before. Video shows a different man riding his bike up to the restaurant at 358 22nd Avenue South, pedaling across the parking lot for 10 minutes, slipping in through the back gate. He opens the door to a shed after wandering around for a bit, then removes a set of bongos. <laughs> it's so funny. The fact that they had the bongos on hand is great. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, you, you should really, oh man, you should really look, look it up because the picture just absolutely does it justice. It's gross. <laughs> it says he eventually gains access to the restroom restaurant sits at one of the tables and digs into a bowl of instant ramen noodles, which he brought with him and then plays the bongos still naked. <laughs> That's so much better. He brought the ramen with him. What goes on down there in Florida, guys? <laughs> a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> People do a whole lot of drugs down here and wild things happen. And it's just fantastic in the news as a result. Oh, yeah, Florida man. Florida man cracks me up. Okay, that's I, I, I would love to do that every week if you guys are up for it. Yeah. yeah, I'm totally down for it. Perfect. Friday Florida Man is down. Friday Florida Man's the way. Okay, that wraps up the regular show. Joe, you got a quote? Yep. This is from Al Ghazali. He said, Desire makes slaves out of kings, while patience makes kings out of slaves. Cool. I like it a lot. All right. I think that wraps us up, right, guys? Yep. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have an awesome weekend. See you per the regular show Wednesday morning. Have a good one.